Converge is my chance to connect with creatives who make really interesting things, and when they can, profit from those things, often in ways that might surprise you. My background as a photographer and author gets me in conversations with visual storytellers and writers, but also musicians, actors, business and thought leaders, basically people who work very hard, not just to make a buck, but also to make a point. The invitation is to understand a little more of the context that surrounds their work, and hopefully discover a fresh perspective that might inspire something new around the value you're making in the world. From FasterMind.co, this is Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. I'm Dane Sanders. Converge is a show about that space, that tension between making things and making money or something valuable from those things. And as often as I possibly can, I talk with fantastic creatives across all disciplines who've made real stuff so valuable that people pay a lot of attention to that stuff. Really though, at its core, Faster Mind is just a community of honest creatives looking to help each other make the difference they've been craving their whole lives. I wonder if that's you. What got me thinking about all this is my guest for today's show. His name is Brad Montague. And if you don't know Brad already, he's the guy behind a little phenomenon you might know as Kid President. I think we all need pet talk. The world needs you to stop being boring. Yeah, you. Boring is easy. Everybody can be boring. But you're good at that. A poem. Two roads diverged in the woods, and I took the road less traveled. It hurt, man! Really bad. Rocks, thorns, and glass? My pants broke! <laughs> Not cool, Robert Frost! But what if there were really two paths? I will be in the one that leads to awesome. Of course, Kid President, played by Robbie Novak, is a worldwide viral phenomenon. I first heard of him when I stumbled on his pep talk video years ago, but I was late to the party. Brad and Robbie had already made several viral hits, and pep talk was just the first one that caught my attention, and now the attention of millions and millions of other folks. But as you'll hear, Hits Online is just one facet of Brad's life, and of the value he's creating with Robbie and beyond. Side note, yes, it is true, Kid President and Brad have famously been to the White House with President Obama, to the UN, uh, they met and kissed Beyonce while well, Brad didn't kiss Beyonce, Kid President did. But bottom line is they've gotten a lot of attention for a lot of reasons. They've created a lot of value. And through it all, they've shown that creativity thrives when done well in any season, even a cynical election season. Kid President for President, anyone? Okay, if you're interested in inspiring more of your own creative value, today's show is going to be a treat. I hope you love it. I think every single one of us has some sort of magic that needs to be shared with the world. It's not about lifting us up. By sharing that little piece of us, it emboldens other people to be themselves. I'm your host, Dane Sanders, and I want to welcome you to Converge. First of all, just a little background. I mean, you you guys have had this just amazing run. You know, all, all the stats are are ridiculous just running down the list here 120 million youtube views like i mean that's gagnum style kind of level of stuff five million people each week across social media channels your book the guy to being awesome uh which i think didn't jeremy cowart have something to do with the photos in that in that book he did yeah we that was that book was was such a fun passion project because we literally wrote down a dream list of who do we think 
who do we see awesome in? Who is it? And so it was everybody from celebrities to kids and amazing people we've met along the way like Jeremy and, and every person we asked said yes. And it was it was just so rewarding. And, and we had just come off of doing a television show, which was harder because there were lots of opinions and lots of other people. And it was sort of this feeling of we're not all making the same thing. The book was the exact opposite. It was everybody was, no, let's put out the best thing possible. Let's make something kids and grownups can do together. And and uh, what Jeremy is doing is beautiful. And so uh, he, we did a piece about Help Portrait in there. And, and it's been really fun because some classrooms actually are going through the book and doing every single thing. And a group of elementary schools actually took part in Help Portrait last week. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because I remember that my first Help Portrait was four years ago. And I just, uh, saw, I just saw on my uh, Facebook four years ago, whatever thing it does, where it says, what did you do this week four years ago? It reminded me that I was doing Help Portrait four years ago. So... Super fun, man. Uh, and then the other piece that that strikes me as a you know a massive kind of runaway success is your Socktober thing. Talk a little bit about that project. It was right before we even dreamed of doing Kid President. I had been doing a whole lot of projects in our community, just kind of how can we approach social good in a way that's fun and a way that doesn't exploit sadness, that just invites people into joyfully doing good. Yeah. And and so Socktober came about because uh, we found out that there were shelters that weren't prepared for winter. And this was like a really vital time. And so October was this perfect moment that we could kind of rally our community, connect with the shelter near us. And so it really just started in our backyard. But then like schools, other churches, people started connecting to it. And then when Kid President came along, I was like, well, you know, people are doing everything else Kid President asked, like <laughs> mailing their friends corn dogs or <laughs> having a dance party in their living room, whatever. So surely they, they, they'll do this. And man, uh, I have been so blown away by just this avalanche of beauty that like comes in every October where millions of people take part in it. There's no incentive. There's no prize other than it's awesome. Yeah. Other than it helps, helps people. So, and, and even we tell people like, you don't even have to just gather items for your shelter, just like learn someone who's homeless, learn their name yeah. and talk to them and people actually do it. And I, I think that's been a big thing I've learned is that people want to be invited into something that matters, something that's that's has meaning. And, and if you take a chance on people, then um, really interesting things happen. I want to press in on a little on that because all of these projects and, you know, even way before that, like reading and your background around, my background's in summer camp, by the way, just a side note. And, oh, yeah, camp. Uh, met my wife at camp at Hume Lake. and uh, I did too. Uh, where? At camp? Uh, met, no, not at that camp, okay, but at summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I met at summer camp. We worked at the same summer camp, and then we got married on the soccer field at the camp. <laughs> That's so good. Which one? It was Mid South Youth Camp. It's oh. a little little bitty camp, but you know every camp is like the camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever oh, kid goes to it, it's like, oh come on, oh, it's the best camp. camp. It's camp. Yeah, yeah, totally. So given all the like these these projects, obviously the the theme through it, you have a, you have a set of values that you carry into each of these projects that have been consistent and. I got to believe, especially when things have caught fire the way they have. I mean, not everybody gets to hang with the president or flirt with Beyonce or like, and, and granted, you didn't get to do that, but <laughs> um, I, I was shunned from the room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but given all of that, 
trajectory of attention. I'm curious, were you ever tempted along the way to, to cut a corner on one of the values or to just go at like a, if, if I just did this little thing, it would go even further. Um, cause it just seems like you guys have held in so tightly to all those things you described, like family and having a long view with the end in mind, uh, really trying to somehow you've managed to like do this with the sense of like, wow, they really are doing with this with cardboard and, um, a little handheld camera and they must not make any money somehow, but somehow they're still doing it. Like it's just phenomenal, <laughs> but I'm guessing there's been all these kinds of draws to bend. At least there are in my world, as you come up against that stuff, how have you dealt with those temptations? It's not that we haven't made mistakes. I mean, there've been a ton along the way where we kind of pivoted a little bit and we're like, Oh, that's the wrong way. But what's really been the biggest temptation has been to just straight up quit to just stop because like when we had this video go viral, the first video that it was like our 13th video, it was this pep talk video and suddenly millions of people were watching this thing we had been making for a while, but they were like, Oh, this is new and big. And, um, the attention, the level of attention, the, the volume of emails was, was more than I could handle more than my mind could process. And I just wanted to hide. And there was even a phone call where this guy was trying to make make me like do some sort of uh, commercial for them. And I just said, I really, I don't think that's what we want to do. I'll talk to our family. And he just kept calling and bugging. And then he just, he said this thing. He said, well, here's what you need to know, kid. Because he totally sounded like a cliche uh-huh. person who, who would be in this situation. He's like, here's what you need to know, kid. Nobody's going to care in 15 minutes. And I was like, well, good. Okay, that would be relieving. <laughs> because 15 minutes ago, I didn't talk to people like this. People didn't talk to me with this tone. And that was a moment where I kind of wanted to prove him wrong, that people would still care 15 minutes later. Yeah. Uh, but more than that, we would still be making things with the same spirit that launched it, with the same sort of joy and purity that that is what caused us to, to do this, that we, if we stayed true to that, then that was going to be real success. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you, you weren't in it for kind of notoriety. It's, but no, not at all. Yeah, right. No, so. no. Like, I, you know, I've been making things for a very long time. You know, my answer to every problem has always been a video camera. Like, and I, but I was never like would call myself a filmmaker. But you know, I would be working in a you know in a marketing office and be like, you know, we should film that and we should make this. Or I'd be working at a church and be like, you know what, we should make the, we should make a series of videos. Uh, every job I ever had, I always ended up behind a camera um, trying to make a video to solve a problem. And this was just one of those fun projects that was let's like do something that's ultra positive and put it online like that was the only initial reason because it was in the middle of the election um, in the summer and um, we just uh, just wanted to put something out that was happy and fun and just (laughs) absolutely opposite of what was online and then there was an audience there and then beyond that we were having fun making it and then beyond that I had begun to find my voice as a writer and maker of things and began to realize that we could actually not just make videos, but we could make a difference. And that became fuel for me to just dive in headfirst and 
let's see what let's see what we can do. Let's talk about a couple of directions I want to go in the time we have remaining. One is with regards to collaboration. When Rain Wilson, who played Dwight Schrute on The Office, called you up and said, "Hey, Soul Pancake would like to become a kind of core partner with you guys," I'm curious on two fronts. One. Why did you do that? Like, why, why, why was that an interesting collaboration for you? Because it, it seems like you didn't need to go do that, but there were, I'm guessing there was some value in it. And number two, what have you learned from that experience of collaborating with someone like Rain? Because he's he's a creative guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first my first response was that this there's no way this is really him. There's no way this is really <laughs> no kidding. You thought it, you thought it was a joke. Somebody was of, like, why would you know? Because there was. A lot, you know, we had this little batch of videos that were doing well. We had gotten a little bit of uh, press. People were writing about it. And then I just thought it was maybe one of my friends, like, kind of amplifying it even more and just what's, the, what's, like, the weirdest email I could send Brad right now. And uh, <laughs> I responded, and it turned out it was, it was absolutely him. And, and the team at Soul Pancake, the more I dove in, they had the same – same hope we did of, of just wanting to put something online that started conversations that kind of turned things around to be more positive that I wasn't alone in this of wanting to put something different online. It was kind of crazy because we had all these other people also beginning to reach out and they were like immediately offering money and immediately like offering to, you know, provide us with all these resources and stuff. And Soul Pancake's first question was, so tell us about Robbie. Tell us about your family. Like, is he having fun with this? Like, they, they were far more concerned with us as people than profit, us as, as a family, and wanting to know kind of, is this really as sincere as it feels online? And I think we were doing the same thing, like trying to like push them and find out, okay, are they really like, are they really this sincere? And they were, and have been an incredible team. I, I didn't know anything about YouTube. I'd used other video sites. I had, had never like really committed to YouTube. And, and this was like, I'd had a friend who kind of challenged me earlier in that year and said, you're like really creative, but you don't follow through with stuff. <laughs> We're all just waiting for you to stick with one idea. That was what I needed. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do one video a week and on YouTube, and just a channel that's just that. So none of these other ideas that I had, just this one thing, and really sink my teeth into that. And as I was doing YouTube, I, 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 I was terrible behind the scenes. Like, I could make the video, but I'm no good at, like, monetizing videos. I'm no good at, like, the actual stuff, the analytics behind it, that those brilliant people. I mean, there's, like, you know, there's 12-year-olds who know how to do that that are amazing, and I, I can't. Like, I can barely eat with a fork. Uh, like there's these kids doing amazing things online, but I can make a video, and so they they took a lot of that weight off of of me and and said we we'll just want to help you build community around this project, and that that was what enticed me. Well, it's funny. I I was at South by Southwest when Rain was there for the first time talking about Soul Pancake, and <laughs> and I I was one of the early guys in his online community. I haven't been there in a long time. But it was this it was this weird kind of utopia on the Soul Pancake you, website. Yeah, yeah. When he and I don't know if they still do this or not, but back then there was a this pretty kind of small but robust group of people who were trying to make cases for worldviews, and there was some kind of 
you know, like all internet sites that where you can write, there were some folks that were a little bit more antagonistic than others. But sure. what I loved, though, with, you know, and it's faith driven, clearly by rain, it appeared that he really wanted, had a sincere interest in creating a common, the commons, really, like space where people could come to a common square and talk openly and where good ideas would win. And, and it seems like you have some good ideas that you really want to see win. Like one of my favorite quotes from your site is for years, my family and I have been working to create things in an effort to help shape the way kids see the world and the way the world sees kids. And it seems like at root, like this is kind of a core value you're holding and, and the partnership with still pancake just sounds right. Like in that you're, even though you might even become from different worldviews that you have that commonality in play. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm from the outside looking in, am I reading that right? Or, or is there something that you need to add to What's so interesting about Rain, well, there's a lot of interesting things about Rain, uh-huh. but one is that he, he really does want to have those conversations. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm talking like even like at a dinner table, he wants to bring up the things you don't talk about at a dinner table. <laughs> and, he, and he wants to do it in a way where it doesn't end with people throwing rolls at each other. And he wants to do it in a way where, where we, there's a respect and there's a gratitude for honesty and it's so refreshing to be able to Mm. talk about faith and to talk Mm. about these things that sometimes we dance around and and to just truly dive in like what do you think God looks like (laughs) and to ask that question you know when the normal person would just say like well you know what's the weather today those are things he's like super passionate about and so he'll do that at a dinner table and he also wanted to do that online and it's so nice to be able to be in a space where we can ask questions of each other, we can challenge each other, and know at the end of the day there's still there's still love and there's still respect. And yeah, we definitely disagree. Even in the asking of the questions, the way you're asking the questions, it strikes me as honest. Like you're actually asking. Like I, I'm involved with uh, an organization at this outfit in England. Uh, I do a lot of work for called Alpha, uh, the Alpha Course, and. The Alpha Course started at a church, but it was, it's kind of one of the, the only non-proselytizing efforts at inviting people to consider their faith tradition. And what I love about it is it's a really honest conversation. Like, come, you have a meal, hear somebody share one angle on kind of one take on truth, and then you get to talk about it. But there's more energy spent on wanting to hear the other person and really seeing like, okay, where's the common ground? And it's not about a debate. It's not like you're picking a football team to win. It's more like like honest curiosity and pursuit of like what what is and where where do we get the most life and could could those perspectives really inform my view even if it con- confronts my view on life and, and it seems like that's, that's what so he's good to do. yes absolutely absolutely like there's great power in listening there's such great power in listening and it's a forgotten art and it's something that I think everybody's hungry for mm-hmm. everyone's hungry to be listened to. And we're hungry to truly like understand what's happening inside everybody else. Like, what what are they thinking about? What are they worried about and afraid of? Mm. And um, actually, one of the things that I've been doing here the past few months, and that I'm going to be doing this next year, is a listening tour <laughs> with with uh, fourth grade classrooms. Hmm. because we did a book tour earlier this year and it was like oxygen for me to be like no longer behind a camera or behind a laptop editing videos nonstop, but actually be with the kids and, and teachers and people who watch these videos and do things. Yeah, And uh, I just love that so much, so much so that it was like 
I didn't want to talk to them about, oh, here's, we, could, we do these videos on YouTube, and we met Beyonce. It's like, no, 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 what are you doing in your classroom? What, mm-hmm. Tell me, like, what's the funniest joke you heard today? What's the, what are you afraid of? And to actually hear these kids, these, there's, there's so many teachers out there who are making their classrooms little microcosms of the world, like a picture of what the world could be. Mm-hmm. And, and they are our greatest hope. And so, so like, I'm going to, I'm going to be I'm doing these Skype tours of classrooms and I don't want to talk to them. I just want to hear what they, what they have to say. And, uh, and I, I'm vowing that I will share it with grownups and kind of help. When are you starting that? We've been doing little sample ones just to see how it works. And, uh, I'm starting it in February of this, uh, 2016. Okay. Fourth graders. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So, so my daughter's in fourth grade. What can I pay you to come out to California? Oh, that's perfect. No, I would love to. I would, yeah, <laughs> absolutely come. Like that. F- there's just such like there was a time when I I came I came to shoot kid present videos just with the script. I was like, okay, we're gonna say this, and then I realized the videos were stronger mm. and connected more if I would just stop and listen to what Robbie had to say and what he's thinking about. And then it became a real back and forth where I would come in with the script, but then I'd ask him questions and then find out that he didn't agree with that. Mm. And then I'd ask him why. And it was, it made us better friends and it helped us make better art. And the more and more I've stopped to listen to kids, I've found how like, how much that means to them. And it's also forced me to remember, I can't I mean I can tell you these grown-ups who listened to me when I was a kid mm. and what that does to you, like what how that makes you feel valued and understood and gives you confidence that that that's something that I'm really excited about and still learning. But I think that listening may be key to solving a whole lot of problems. At least for myself. <laughs> well, and me too, man. And, and and when we're offline, I am totally going to hit you up to come out to California because I'm not lying. Yeah. It'd be yeah. amazing. So one last set of questions uh, or questions. I want to honor your time for the folks. And, that and are just listening. so you know, I texted my wife, so I have a little bit more time. If okay. You oh, thank you, thank you. And it's, I'm just being selfish here because I'm just enjoying this so much. But one quick question that connects to our audience. So the folks that are listening, they're folks that they they don't have a hundred million views on YouTube. <laughs> and oftentimes, you know, they're listening to this in the midst of, you know, editing photos, uh, or they're on a run trying to blow off some steam, or they're really wondering, gosh, you know, 2015 was, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I'm looking ahead going, is it really worth doing this one more year? And they, they want to they have a sense of like purpose and encouragement in the sense that, and I know you get these kinds of conversations, you're in these conversations all the time with folks that maybe we're living well, you, you lived this before this phenomenon happened. You just made stuff and with success, but not at the level that you're at right now. How do you find encouragement for yourself when you're in a dark corner? Or if you're talking to a friend or a new friend like you are right now to all these people, I hope all these people <laughs> who are listening, what do you say to them to have them keep their chin up, but also be not Pollyanna about how hard it is to make something out of what you make? Yeah, no, I... I can speak to this because I still wrestle with wanting to stop and feeling inadequate to feeling like, well, there's other people who are better filmmakers whose videos are actually in focus. There's, there's other people who can speak in front of an audience and, 
and every single word be full of wit and wisdom and wonder, why me? And what, what I keep going back to is that I think every single one of us has some sort of magic that needs to be shared with the world, some little piece of us that it's not about lifting us up, that by sharing that little piece of us, it emboldens other people to be themselves. It's about lifting up something bigger than ourselves. So when you are doing any creative act, you are inspiring the entire world around you to do the same. And um, it's easy to lose the joy of the creation. It's easy to lose the joy of the writing or the filming or whatever it is you do. But you have to remind yourself you're not doing this for necessarily the outcome. You're doing this because it's what you were meant to do. And it's what you were created to do. And if you didn't do it, the world would be a sadder place. So just do it. Just keep making, keep creating, keep singing, because there's so many songs that need to be sung. There's images that the world needs to see, and you're the one to do it. And so I look in the mirror and say, no, I'm not. I'm not the one to do that. But yet, we keep going. And so I write pep talks because I need pep talks. This was episode three, season two of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. Music today provided by Triple Scoop Music, the leading music service for creative professionals. Find the perfect song for your next project at triplescoopmusic.com. Fastermind.co is home base for all things Converge. It's also where you can find exactly what you need to make real change happen. Like ever want to ditch your not-so-smart smartphone addiction? Knock that out this week. No kidding. Find out more at fastermind.co. Until then, I'm Dane Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.